Today, we start with Evo X, Artifact's first skin vial collection featuring eight Clone X DNA-based Evolutive skins. Evo X-powered skins vials allow you to evolve your Artifact Nike Dunk Genesis sneaker and choose drip upgrades and powers. Man, I don't know what the fuck you just said, little kid, but you're special, man. You reached out and you touched it by the heart. The Sock Jig Sneaker Podcast is part of the Cinematic Sockverse. Welcome to episode 30 of the Sock Jig Sneaker Podcast. I am your host, Sock Jig. You can follow me on Twitter at Sock Jig and on Instagram as well. First off, I wanted to say thank you to everyone who listened to the last Sneaker Conspiracy episode and gave really nice feedback on that one. Uh, that one was a lot of fun to do. You know, I just really appreciate anyone who takes the time to listen and then let me know that they really enjoyed it. So a lot of the times I do this I very late at night and sometimes I think, oh shit, I should do this not at nighttime when my voice doesn't sound this tired. So I love hearing when people really like an episode, so thank you so much. This time, it's a regular episode. There's no theme or anything. I talk about the Union Jordan 2 drop. I also talk about Nike's NFT artifact Genesis shoe. I I talk about DJ Khaled a little bit as well. And then I had a few thoughts about people talking about the sneaker culture and how it is trash and that sneakers are over, which kind of led into this short sneaker therapy segment then the final segment are the sneaker power rankings for spring 2022 and that's where i make an arbitrary list of shoes that i think are of the moment that are hot that people are wearing and what's reselling and kind of and mix them all together and rank them but before i do all that i wanted to say thank you to everyone who's been asking me about when they can get the business plan socks and those are the ones that say buy low sell for more than pay well you can get them right now they're available right now if you go to shop.sockjig.com the password is the plan if you want those socks last time i did them in in cream this time they're in black and this is the first time where i actually got professional packaging done instead of me hand making the band every time I always just did it by hand because I want to, and it gave me kind of full control. Now, this time I got them done because I kind of increased the stock a bit because of people were asking me for these socks. When are they coming? When are you going to bring them back? How come you didn't make enough? So, so this time I made more. So they are available for three days after this podcast post. After that, whatever's remaining will be sold to the public. So you get first dibs. Again, the site is shop.sockjig.com, and the password is the plan. That's all one word, no spaces, the plan. All right, what's on feet lately? I've been wearing the Kith Ultra Boost Mid Aspen. I found those in the back of the closet, and I was like, hey, these are actually pretty good. And the sole on them is like completely orange. It's like I've walked through a field of Cheetos. And that orange, there's no way to get rid of it. You can paint over it, but I'm too lazy for that kind of stuff. So I probably haven't worn these shoes in a year, so they probably orange a bit more since they've been sitting there. But I wore them, and they are still super comfortable. I do like that mid-cut. It gives you that extra ankle support. So, Also, as I recapped on Twitter, I undeadstocked some 
trophy room one with the blue laces. Uh, I told a friend I felt like undestocking something, and he was like, "Well, you got to bring out some heat, bring out uh, and some something good, and none of that New Balance shit is what he's told me." So I was like, "Okay, I got something good for you." It was either going to be the cactus plant dunks, the Swarovski ones, or these trophy room ones. And I was like, you know what? People hate this shoe now. Its value is not $5,000, $6,000. I probably got other shoes that are probably worth more. So what is it? And I know not very many people have those blue laces at all. So I figured why not? And really, I was just going to a home poker game. So it wasn't like I'm going to a bar or anything. That was the only time I wore them. I'm sure I will again in a couple weeks here. One thing I noticed is, you know, I had to quickly lace them because Jordan 1s come unlaced. And uh, especially with those blue laces where the writing is only on one side, it's such a, a pain to do. And I probably did it quickly. And I, if you ever post a picture of Jordan 1s, someone's going to comment on your lacing style. So honestly, I don't care. I usually never do the top ones. I always leave it at the mid-cut level. But that's just me. For pickups, I picked up some pairs that had dropped late here in Canada. I picked up the Playoff 12s. I was going to skip them, but really that is a shoe that looks great with track pants. And I was like, well, I wear great track pants all the time at home, so why not? Those are OGs. I'm never going to regret buying an OG Jordan. I picked up the Static 700 V2 as well, and... I made the mistake of sizing up on those and Static V2 is probably the one of the only Yeezys where you can go true to size. So they're a little too big and what hurt even more is retail in Canada was like 380 Canadian and after taxes I came out to like 330 US and if you check GOAT or something they're probably all at that same price, 315, 320. So really, like this late drop in Canada was almost resale price. I also picked up the Adidas Samba Dill. I, I wanted them last time they dropped, but I missed them. And so I got them this time. And those are the type of shoe I know always look good. And I know they'll probably hurt my feet, but I still like them anyway. So I'll probably wear them once and then forget about them. I also picked up the Chlorophyll Trainer 1. One of my favorite shoes. I always like when this shoe comes out every you know three four years i also picked up the sb version of that shoe for pretty cheap on goat it, it was probably like 215 or so this trainer one i bought this from nike canada as well and i, I bought a secondary pair on goat as well a couple weeks earlier for around the same price they haven't dropped in north america yet the the sb version might be coming soon but it seems like europe doesn't really care for a lot of these ones so European resellers will put them up on GOAT for pretty cheap, so I usually just notice that pattern and pick up. In the same vein, this morning I saw the Jordan 7210 Low had dropped on Nike Canada, and Nike Canada is actually operated out of Nike Europe, and it was basically a full-size run sitting. After tax, it comes out to like 220 US here, but if you look on GOAT right now, all the prices are like 230 US, so that's a shoe... Europe probably doesn't want and North America does and so I'm sure Jordan brand will adjust that soon enough. You know they're probably fine with a trainer one sitting but I don't think they'd like uh, the Jordan 11 low sitting or even like those gym red university red Jordan ones whatever I think heritage I think they're called. Again that's a shoe that Europe doesn't want but if it dropped in North America I'm pretty sure all sizes would fly pretty fast. 
skips. As you see from my pickup list, there's not much I usually skip. But I did skip out on the trainer one, the honeydew. I do like that one, but I picked up both the khaki and the smoke gray one earlier. So I was like, okay, I got to give this a break because I know I was going to get the chlorophyll one and probably doubling up on that one for sure. All these trainer ones, they're they're a big man shoe, as you've probably noticed when they drop. The big sizes usually sell out eventually, and I bet you anything that they will probably resell later down at the end of the year or even next year as well too. But I also skipped those mischief wavy. I know it was a raffle. Uh, I downloaded the app. I was taking a look at it. I I was going to fill out the form for it, and then I saw that it required you to pay it. Then I was like, you know what? I don't want this shoe. I don't want to pay 220 I don't want to do Apple Pay for it and I don't care if it resells or anything so I'm just gonna quit this and you know no regrets along the same line the Slahi on his site had a new balance yurt drop I saw that this one actually went better and a lot of people were able to cop this time he didn't seem to have uh, screwed up the the drop as he usually does but that shoe is just not for me, especially in a size 12. It is super heavy. It looked like this. It looked like a triple S, and honestly, I prefer triple S over that shoe. Misses Union Jordan 2. I will talk about that a little bit later. Uh, Clot Dunk. There was some random restock at midnight Eastern time, and I was able to buy when uh, Soul Retriever or someone had linked on Twitter, and. You know, I bought those on like April 12th and like a week or eight days later or so they canceled it. And so I, I was detailing this on Twitter that because I paid with a Canadian credit card, uh, you pay at a certain exchange rate when you pay. But when they refund you, they pay at a lower exchange rate. So so I ended up loaning them money for a week and they canceled, refunded me and I lost $10 for it. And I know you can actually complain to your credit card company about the exchange rate stuff, but calling someone and being on hold for 20 minutes over $10 is not something I'm built for. You know, just charge it to the game, I guess. But it was kind of funny how mysteriously Clot has a Hawaii pop-up right around the same time that all these orders are canceled. It's almost as if it came out of nowhere and they needed pairs for that pop-up and all those orders had to be canceled, allegedly. I also missed out on the HAL Studios A61130. That was only on their site, which HAL is highs and lows studios. I guess they, you know, created a sub-brand or higher-up brand or whatever the right word is. That dropped at like a 4.30 a.m. Eastern Time, 1.30 a.m. for me. And I was going to stay up for it, and I couldn't stay up. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to sleep. I'm going to set my mental alarm like Kramer and just assume I'll wake up for it. And I actually did wake up for it about two minutes late, but by the time I saw everything was sold out by then. So, you know, it might restock again. It might go to other stores or it might be exclusive, but it's going to be one of those uh, Instagram shoes. The sneaker guy of the week is the hood loves this shoe guy. First of all, the question is, can this guy even say hood? Obviously, if you're black, you can. Actually, can I even say hood? live in the suburbs so probably not and technically i'm talking about the sneaker guy saying this and not about the hood itself can i talk about the sneaker guy saying hood should i be saying mfs instead mfs loves this shoe okay I, i'm almost canceled myself over here 
Anyways, the shoe is usually like Playoff 12s or Racer Blue 5s or UNC 6 or something. But really, it's usually some reseller kid who's selling bulk white-on-white Air Force 1s for $105. And will probably delete the tweet about the hood-loving Playoff 12s. You are the sneaker guy of the week. Okay, just hold for edit in case I have to delete this segment. And we're good. For the Union Jordan 2 drop, I can talk about that morning. Uh, The first drop was at like 8 a.m. I tried for the gray version of the the Union in size 12. And one thing I realized as I added that to cart was that there was probably way more stock of the rattan orangish one than there was of gray because orange is the exclusive one to Union and gray is the one going out to sneakers and other retailers. So it makes sense that they would have more stock of the exclusive one. And that's traditionally what they've had in the past as well. Uh, I totally forgot that one off my game. Usually yeah, that kind of stuff I remember. For this drop, I remember I tried adding to cart right away. I got some errors. I noticed that there was no H captcha, so there's no drawing of the cats or anything. And when I added my size 12 to cart, it basically said out of stock in the queue right away. As you can, once you've entered the queue, you can actually go back on another tab to the other page and kind of change sizes. So I quickly changed to the rattan. And as you probably noticed, the queue wait time was pretty short this time. It wasn't taking forever to get through like it did on the last uh, dunks. And as we kind of found out afterwards, this is mostly because Shopify had changed the checkout process and bots couldn't enter. So that meant that you are actually in the queue with other real people instead of bots. So while I was in the queue, I added a couple of t-shirts and the socks and stuff that I wanted. Got to that last page, I noticed some errors on the checkout page and it seemed like I had to disable the lightning autofill extension that I use, so I disabled that. So that right there told me that something was different, that usually they're totally fine with autofill extensions, but I know certain groups and cook groups and stuff have created their own autofill extensions lately so maybe that this is a response to that anyways as everyone did on that first drop i tried to hit pay now it wouldn't take my card i tried a different one wouldn't take that card i tried it over and over again Um, i noticed in my bank app i was getting alerts for charges and things like that but no payment processing no email no nothing You know, some people were checking out, as I saw on Twitter, and I got uh, the sold out for the shoe in my size 12. So now I got like this cart full of clothing only and a really expensive shipping. Like I think it was like 45 or $50 to Canada. And the thing with expensive shipping is when you charge, you charge high because you can. It's not like people are going to abandon the cart because the shipping is too high. You know, which they may have if it was clothing only, but when their sneakers added, they probably will just, you know, bite the bullet. But with expensive shipping, people have this higher expectation, like it means like it's priority shipping that that, you know, not only will it be processed really fast, that it'll be shipped to you uh, overnight, but that's not the case. They probably have thousands of these Jordans 2s and, you know, they've got a team together, so... I don't think they've shipped yet. I haven't seen people talking about it. So maybe I'll ship in the next you know, week or two here. So, you know, after that first drop, as of everyone else, I checked Twitter and everyone was having the same problem. There was a few people who checked out. 
I just immediately start writing my Mr. Brightside jokes, as I usually do for these kind of drops. And I waited around, and I saw that there was nothing really posted by Union uh, on their Instagram or Twitter yet about the issue. Uh, you know, a little bit later, they started posting some, you know, some jokey tweets about people being mean to them. And obviously, people are pissed because they've been charged multiple times and they got no email. Anyways, I think I sat around for an hour till from eight to nine, just checking, trying to check out. The password went up, the site went down. And it seemed like they were kind of regrouping for another drop, but something came up and I had to go. I was busy for like the next 15, 20 minutes or so. And in that time is when they both announced a new drop and I guess dropped it. So I missed the second drop entirely. And I, you know, I saw that a lot of people had success there. So it seemed like they, whatever they did over zealous on the first drop, they kind of dialed it back down on the second one. By the time I got to my phone and I could try, I saw my shoes already gone. And so some of the clothes that were still in my cart were there and I was able to buy those with whatever the $50 shipping, you know, a very, a very sad consolation prize checkout. And it's, it's totally like Denzel Washington. I'm leaving here with something. And from what I can tell, bots did not work on the first drop and I think only Balco did on the second drop, but even that, I think they had like dozen, maybe a couple dozen checkouts, not very many. So Union posted some thread by I don't know who about uh, kind of what was going on. And the way that thread was written, I could tell that, you know, it probably came from someone from somewhere with information. Basically what happened is they tried to use some sort of new payment processor and my guess is that new payment processor couldn't process the load that it was getting. Pause. So basically, if you have a checkout, it goes through Shopify. Shopify sends it to the payment processor. And it works. It goes through the payment processor, charges your card. And then it's trying to communicate back to Shopify that, hey, that checkout worked. But what happened is somewhere along the way, that connection broke. And then in the meantime, more connections are coming in, more charges are coming in, and it's processing all those charges that are coming in, but it can't communicate out that those charges have posted, that there is success. So Shopify is sitting there waiting, but it's not getting anything. So that server, that payment processor server gets flooded and probably went down. I think Shopify had the same issue with a recent drop, but that was when they first did HCAPTCHA and they couldn't handle the load that was on. I think it might have been that bodega drop where uh, no one could load the HCAPTCHA server and then they had to shut it down and redo it again. So who's to blame when the stuff like this happens? Obviously Union went to Shopify and said, hey, this is what we need. This is what we want to do. We want to be really strict. Can you guys do this? And they said yes. The payment processor couldn't handle it, and so I don't know if that was they were just not skilled enough. But to the end user, some sort of anonymous payment processor is not going to take the blame. And if they were not skilled up and ready for a drop like this, it's I guess Shopify takes the blame, but really it's Union that takes the blame. Because they're the ones who set the expectations that security should be at the highest level, that, that it should do the most checks and everything. You know, and how they handle their response is, you know, how they handle it. That's how they chose to do it. And people have the right to be mad because, 
you know, because everyone's situation is different. If a bunch of charges get posted and they all just fall off a day or two, it might not affect me. But if someone was using their debit credit card and the charges actually got posted or there was a max number of authorizations that you could attempt and locked up that card for the day, all kinds of stuff that I scenarios that are very different than me and my credit card. You know, of course they're going to be mad. And, you know, for me, I'm just going to close my eyes and pretend all the money comes back and I'm okay with that. But some other people, they can't stand for that kind of stuff. They're going to start calling their bank and charging back and things like that. So you, you do what you got to do. You know, Union sent the stuff that the tweets that your money's going to be returned to you ASAP. But really, that doesn't mean anything. That's out of their hands. They probably don't even have an order button that they're hitting refund on because they didn't get anything in the Shopify admin that uh, payment was even processed. So it's completely out of their hands. It's out of Shopify's hands. It's all, totally on the payment processor and your bank or credit card. And so how fast you get the money is dependent on those those people and not on whatever union says in a tweet. You know, this is what happens when precedents are set and Union set the bar high with their really smooth drops in the past. And Amon Manier pushed that bar a little bit higher. And Union had some hiccups with their dunk drops, but this was kind of a moment to kind of recover from that by tweaking things and, you know, changing things enough that it would be almost 100% human success. And they did almost everything right. Like they stopped almost all bots from working. But, you know, I think a lot of people had success on the second drop, so it might not have been a precedent-setting drop, but it was at least something. And I'm sure they'll want to recover on their next drop, which is probably the Cortez, but, you know, for that shoe, the demand might be so low that there's no domain switch at all, so we'll see. Artifact Studios and Nike finally introduced their digital sneaker. It was called the Dunk Genesis, Evo Skin Dial, something something, Robocop. The cold open had kind of a snippet of the video that they used and it was a lot of shit that did not make that much sense to me, but maybe it did to other people listening. You know, I thought it was hilarious that they were saying things like drip upgrades and skin vial tech. And I had a tweet about it and I was like, how come every vision of the future has us wearing some dog shit Robocop shoes? And really, like I was looking at it, I was like, this is what a child's vision of the future would look like. If I said to a little kid, hey, Billy, draw me a shoe from the future. This is what they would draw. A dunk with some shit on it, some boxes and some uh, lightning bolts and stuff like that. In terms of art critiques, saying that your art looks like a child drew it might be up there. I think the other harshest art critique I had is when I said, Daniel Arsham does art for commerce sake and it's art with no soul. Anyways, this future is now bullshit. I don't know. Billy's drawing of a Robocop shoe is not the future for me. You know, Union 2, this Union 2 that I just talked about, that whole campaign was called Futures Now too. And it was meant to be like, what if some futuristic gear looked like it was actually worn and patinaed and that is a different version of the future instead of like, you know, sterile stuff. So, you know, Nike definitely is capable of coming up with something that uh, from the future that it looks cool, like the Union 2. You know, that's my other critique with this kind of stuff is it's just not cool at all. And 
I don't know if it's just me. I don't know if it's for targeted for people who are not cool at all. But, you know, the people who have whatever the monolith, the, the Portal 2 box thing that they have, or the Clonex stuff that's worth whatever, 20k or 10k or whatever, those people probably love it. So they're probably happy. They're probably going to get first access, and everyone else is probably going to look out like, I got to spend 20k for a digital sneaker. Everyone loves this stuff as long as it resells. And if that's what Nike cares about, they will keep it going. Just like how I say in with, with Nike and shoes, Nike can always look at the Adidas Ultra Boost and say, we're not going to do that. In this digital space, they can just look at NBA Top Shot and say, we're not going to do that. You know, if you thought Nike hype sneakers were hard to get, ironically, Nike hype digital sneakers will be 100 times harder to get. It was announced that these DJ Khaled Jordan 5s are going to come out. And that day when that announcement video came out, I immediately just went to Twitter and started making jokes about DJ Khaled. And I got some responses like, you know, why do you hate him? And honestly, I don't spend any time hating anyone, you know, other than my enemies who I'm praying on their downfall. But other than that, I certainly don't hate any celebrity. Yeah, I know people find him corny or just confusing as, you know, what does he actually do? But really, I, I like that he's corny. I like that he's always positive. And... I like that he tries to make baskets on five-foot hoops. I just find him hilarious. That that night when he got lost on the jet ski in Miami was one of the all-time best nights on Snapchat. And, uh, you know, that's more of a, a Twitter thing, but that was hilarious that night. But I like him because he's easy to make fun of, but also to root for. And so when I do make fun of him, it's never vicious or anything like that. It's, it's usually related to his, like, basketball skills. But... You know, the opposite, I totally understand why people don't like him or find him annoying or just find him corny. But to me personally, the world is a better place with DJ Khaled in it. You know, the shoes themselves, they're fine. They look pretty nice. There's, it looks like there's like nine or ten pairs. Some are probably samples. Maybe a couple are releasing. I saw that it's got like Nike Air and We the Best on the back on that. And you know... Any any time a Jordan has Nike Air on the back, it's usually $10, $15 more because they have to pay the Nike Air license. And if it's got We The Best on it, it's probably $10, $15 even more on top of that because they have to pay a license for that as well. But the shoes, you know, I, I don't care. I'll If there's a raffle, I'll enter for the, you know, the whitish off-white pair or the orangey pair. And if I don't get it, I don't get it. It's fine. But, you know... The fact that they exist does not anger me at all. I like that they exist. I like that he's he's got a collab. He's a sneaker guy. He talks about sneakers all the time. He's not fake about it. There was a tweet uh, recently from KO from ATATF, and it was about how you know uh, Billie Eilish and Justin Timberlake have collabs, but someone like Wale does not have collabs. And I mentioned this in the State of the Game uh, podcast, but. It's basically Nike just looks at the charts, who's popping, who's at the top of the charts, who can have the highest reach. And DJ Khaled fits the bill. He's got reach. He's got popularity still. And Wale just does not. So Wale, of course, deserves it, but he's not going to get it. Of course, there's something common between Billie Eilish and Justin Timberlake and the Jack Harlows and M&Ms of the world. But that's a different topic for a different day. So just wanted to clear that up. If I'm making jokes about someone, it's almost always because I think it's hilarious and not because I hate them. 
these next few topics are, you know, ones that come up every few months as well, too. One I saw recently was like some old sneakerhead guys saying that the sneaker culture now is trash. You know, the first question always is, does sneaker culture even exist? And oftentimes it's just an argument about semantics, about what people think is culture. You know, there's a side that says, yes, everything is a sneaker culture. We're all in it. Just us talking about sneakers and interacting about sneakers is the culture. And the opposite side is, is that, no, it does not exist. It never has existed. It's just a buying hobby. And really, I'm on the side that the only thing that works as sneaker culture is like wearing shoes, looking fresh, and making friends within this space. That is what I think of a sneaker culture. I don't think of it as brands or retailers telling us or anything like that because they, don't, they do not dictate the culture. People wearing the shoe and, and looking good in it is what dictates the culture. But anyways, that's not what I want to talk about. It's more about the people who are, get disillusioned with this kind of stuff and spend decades in the sneaker culture and then one day call it shit and act as if they aren't partly responsible. Maybe they slow down and they're out of it and not as active as they used to be and then one day, all of a sudden, they're just calling it shit now. And it's just not how it was back then. And they never actually turn the mirror to themselves and see if that they are partly responsible for it. And what I mean by that is like, what did you do to make it better? If you didn't do anything, maybe it was all about your personal gain or your personal collection this whole time. And now that your personal collection is not growing or is not the same as it once was, and someone pissed you off, now you're saying that everything sucks and loudly saying that it sucks. Obviously, if you don't like something, you're allowed to say whatever you want to say about it. But if you're not having fun, you can shut the fuck up and get the fuck out. The other crowd is the, is the you know, the bubble's going to pop crowd, that the interest is dwindling and sneakers are over crowd. You know, if sneakers are over, what am I going to wear? What am I going to do? Am I just going to wear whatever's on the front of Nike.com now? I'm going to just go to the store, buy some Air Max 270s, and that's it. Call it a day. Because all the heat and nice shoes that I wore before, it's over now for them. Oftentimes, these uh, you know these fashion bros will talk about this post-sneaker era. And honestly, fuck all that. Fuck them. <laughs> fuck, fuck them. I don't give a shit about this post-sneaker era bullshit fashion bros can whatever the hell they can wear whatever they want but if you see me wearing some penny lovers talking about this is the post sneakers era i'll give you my password to my twitter account you know as for interest dwindling and the bubble popping you know last fall was a lull we talked i talked about it on this podcast and you know it it picked up in the christmas time and then january february was quiet again too and January, February is almost always quiet, but then when you add in whatever supply chain and stuff like that, it ends up being a quieter release release month. But look at it now. There's been more releases than ever. If you search Panda Dunk on StockX, you'll probably see that they sold hundreds per day per size. Search some old 350 like uh, Israfil. Go by sizes in sales history. You'll see that dozens of that shoe sell every day. And can you picture what the Israfil 350 looks like right now? In your head, what color is it? I, I don't know what color it is. But, okay, it's grayish with an orangish stripe. Dozens per day have sold. There's people actively looking for a shoe that almost everyone else has forgot about. You know, people say that they're tired of releases and tired of L's, but 
you know, look at how many people were wide awake and ready for that Union Jordan 2 drop. And that's a Jordan 2, uh, a shoe that's traditionally not been, you know, in the top tier of Jordan release silhouettes. So, you know, it's not dwindling. There's just some colorways that are not that great. Just because the Brotherhood ones or the Marina Blue Jordan ones are sitting, you know, that is probably the dip. This is probably the dip right now. You know, say from five years ago that interest has gone up 40%, let's say. And now, if we say that, uh, you know, sneakers are dwindling, that they're going to go down. Say they go down 15%. That means overall, we are still up 25% than what we were. So it's even if stuff, stuff's got to go down like 50, 60, 70%. And is that happening? Do you really foresee that? Do you really see everyone just giving up on looking good in the streets and, you know, just going to Air Max 270s? I don't see it. So people say this, they want to sound smart that they've said it, but I don't think they really believe it. And to me, when they say it, they don't sound that smart. One thing I want to add is, you know, I get being disillusioned by drops and because the buying experience overall sucks. You know, it sucks that brands and retailers don't always try the hardest as they could. And it also sucks when they do try a lot like Union did and it can still be fucked up. You know, I've talked about this before. Uh, Brands can increase stock, but if the demand is there, just more resellers will jump in. And really that cycle, neither can help themselves right now. And what I mean by that is like when there's too much product and you're getting paid because of too much product, you're going to continue to produce too much product. And look, by an example of that are any easy drop and any dunk drop. You know, I get when there's too much product, you can easily, you know, step aside and not go for every drop. I certainly do more and more, but... Sometimes when you see my pickup list in the beginning, it may not seem like that. But for all this stuff, you know, let's see how low interest in sneakers is when the Chicago One reimagined drops. I bet there's going to be a lot of people saying the sneaker culture sucks if they can't get those. Because just like how we saw when Mocha Ones or Travis Ones dropped about all back, the people who have become disillusioned have stepped out of it a bit and try once in a while and miss are the ones who loudly explain that the sneaker culture sucks. Meanwhile, it keeps going without them. You can say it sucks. You can say the bubble's going to pop. Meanwhile, it's just going to keep going. And it's only been going up, and I haven't seen any signs that it's been going down other than you know the supply chain and Brotherhood ones releasing. Maybe I'm just Mr. Brightside and I'm bullish on sneakers, but is that the one that goes up? Yeah, I think it is. Basically, you know, what I'm saying is to to get to the sneaker therapy segment is that you have to know your personality. You know, I, I'm an optimist. I'm Mr. Brightside. But I, you know, I do have an edge. I can be an asshole whenever I want. And usually that only side comes out if someone is a dick to me. And otherwise it doesn't. Uh, you know, like I said before, no one's got a DM from me where I talk shit to them or... Um, or even a tweet where I've been miserable or complained because I don't do it that much. So you have to know what aggravates you and what pleases you. You know, because you're defined, of course, by what you do like and do, but also what you don't like and what you don't do. I've removed what I don't like. You know, I don't line up for shoes. I don't go to thrift shops. I don't do local meetups or selling on Grailed. 
I don't sell on eBay because I don't like making listings. Even in this whatever sneaker influencer stuff, whatever, just because I got uh, more followers now than I did four years ago, I have no desire to be on Sneakers app doing what you got or get a brand deal. You know, I'm very much aware that I'm an old man and my window for that stuff has passed and I'm very comfortable with all that stuff behind me and just, and I, that's why I just focus on what I do like. I like, I like Twitter and making dumb jokes on Twitter. You know, I, my comedy heroes are Conan O'Brien and like David Letterman. You know, I just love that absurd kind of stuff. And, you know, in university, I used to record those shows on VHS. That's how old I am. You know, and there's no money in making a good joke on Twitter. But if you can do it almost daily for five years, you can get yourself over and get some followers and start a podcast and stumble into selling socks. Basically, what I'm saying is I've found other outlets. I found, you know, Mr. doing Mr. Brightside or just random joke meme tweets or podcasts or whatever. Like I said, the hype product is not for dabblers. It's for people who are in it almost all the time. It's like it's like uh, professional gamblers. They might win only 58% of the time, but they are placing a lot of bets, and that is a great record for a professional gambler. So, you know, do you want to try for most sneaker drops and hit some of them and be happy with what you hit? Or do you want to try once a month for the Chicago one or the Mocha one and be pissed about it that you missed and say it's all trash, even though it's moving on without you? You know, I know people were upset about this Benjamin Kicks Instagram post where he's got all the Union 2s and he's sitting there among them. And people are, you know, saying that this is an example of why the game sucks and questioning, you know, how did he get these pairs? You know, since they're exclusive to Union, you know, I just assume he either got them from Nike or Union or whoever is doing the distribution. I don't know. I'm just speculating there. But really, I I really don't care. And that's my personality. He's just another clown at the circus. He probably didn't pay retail for them. That's not how this backdoor game works. It's always been part of the, the game and always will be. Let's say a store like Union, you know, didn't backdoor back in the day. You know, I'm just using them as an example. They would have went out of business, maybe. And we would have never got these Union 1s and 4s. And Chris Gibbs wouldn't have got his flowers like he did finally after all these years. Uh, you know, unlike the other companies like Undefeated and Supreme that are kind of sister or adjacent to Union. And very similar for James Whitner. You know, there's a lot of stories out there about James and backdooring among his stores, allegedly. And, you know, I'm just going to make the assumption that if he did not do that, maybe those stores would not be at the point that they are today and they would be gone. And we would have missed out these last few years where he's been able to create great shoes and tell great stories. So, you know, I'm not going to get worked up about a troll or flex photos, especially from a clown. It's part of the game. I'm, you know, I'm always just tapping the sign that says the game is the game. So, you know, what I'm saying is you can enhance the experience of sneakers without it just being about the buying. You can do podcasts, you can do tweets, you can do anything you want. So, like I said to the, the old head sneakerheads, if if sneakers suck, make it better. You know, there's tons of ways to do things. You got to demonstrate it. There's a community involvement, whether that's Discord or real community retail, uh, newsletters, podcasts, TikToks. People are making sneaker TikToks. 
you just got to find a way to connect with people if that's what you want. And that is, like I said earlier, the real sneaker culture. There's a place for everyone if you desire. Uh, I'm 44, Punjabi man, wears double XL, barely has a good radio voice, and I got a podcast and I talk about sneakers. There's a place for me. There's a place for anyone. If I ever do become disillusioned by sneakers or less interested, I won't whine or complain about it because I never did when I was in it. And I can at least say that I tried to make it a better when I was in it. You know, sneaker therapy can probably become a regular segment on this podcast. You know, if you listen to most of the podcasts, I've probably mentioned several actual therapy practices uh, many times on this podcast. So, shit, I should have been charging $100 an hour for this. Finally, I wanted to update my sneaker power rankings that I did last time in November. So this is the spring 2022 sneaker power rankings. The criteria of this is basically just me mixing what shoes are hot, what are people wearing, what's reselling, and kind of what sneakers are people talking about. It's all chosen by me, all ranked by me. Yes, it's arbitrary and capricious. And if you disagree with any of the rankings, you're free to create a podcast, record your ranking, and let me know, and I promise I'll listen to it. Before I get to the list, I did a quick the mood board Instagram top seven sneakers of the moment right now. I didn't rank these, so this is just a seven shoes. First up, the one I mentioned earlier in my misses section, the HAL Studios A6 1130. Another one that's been making the rounds among the Instagram wide pant people, the Salomon Advanced ACS. Another one, you've probably seen these two a lot, the Jound 990 V3 and the Bapestas. Did you know if you post those without a plant, you get shadow banned on Instagram? The more you know. The 2002R New Balance also gets posted a lot, especially the, the conversations amongst us and mostly the protection pack. And rarely do you see GRs of it. It's mostly the protection pack. Of course, a staple of Instagram for the last few months has been the CDG foam posits. And of course, coming up soon will be the CDG Sunder Max. I'm sure you'll be hearing lots of uh, stories about how they've been wearing Sunder Max for 20 years. All right, so for the spring 2022 list, first up, the sneakers that have been bumped off the list. Number 15, previously number 15, Crocs Clogs. Those are off. Nothing really interesting from them dropped. This weird Jeff Staple junk shoe. Eh, whatever. Uh, the Dunk SV low dropped off. That was previously number 12. And that's mostly because of supply chain issues. There were hardly any Dunk SVs in this last quarter. Very recently in March, there was those Passport High SVs and the Polaroid and really nothing else. The New Balance 992 is off the list. That was previously number 11. And it seems like they've been putting that in the Disney vault. There's still GR versions of that shoe in, you know, wild Easter colors available if you want. And also just missing the list is uh, Air Jordan 3, which is previously number 14. Uh, the biggest one has probably been the, the Cardinal 3, and there was ones like the Muslim 3. Uh, this is the one that would, I, if I were to do a top 16 list, I would probably rank this number 16. But it's a top 15 list, so it's just off the list. All right, number 15, the Yeezy 350. This was previously at number 10, so it's down five spots. What's released lately has been the Dazzling Blue, Bone 350, I guess these Zebra restocks, Blue Tint restock as well. 
it's still a popular shoe, you know, even if the hardcore sneakerheads are not wearing it. It still will always be a chart mainstay, I'm pretty sure. Number 14, the Jordan 2. Previously, this wasn't on the chart as well. And that's because around last time is when the Off-White 2 had just dropped. Well, really, only Jordan 2 that has dropped since then has been the Union 2. But you can see that this shoe is going to be trending up, at least for this calendar year. There's the Ama Manier coming up. Um, there's a low women's one coming up. And this Chateau, Maison, Moulin Rouge, whatever shoe, that one is coming up as well too. Number 13, the Air Jordan 6. Previously, this was not on the chart. And the 6 is only on this list because of the UNC 6. That is a dope shoe and you see people wearing it. So this shoe, you know, it may still continue on in the summer and then fall off the list. So I don't really see it going too much higher than around 13. Number 12, the Jordan 11. Similar to the Jordan 6, the cool gray is why this is on the chart. Previously, it was not on the chart. If you watch March Madness and you saw coaches on the sidelines, players on the sidelines, they were wearing cool grays. You go outside, you'll see people wearing cool grays. Number 11, the New Balance 2002R. Previously, there's number nine, so it's down two spots. Uh, the biggest one that has come out has been the conversations amongst us. But this is an important shoe for New Balance, and you will see that they will carefully do collabs and releases with this model. And, you know, coming up in the summer, there's a protection pack is coming out again in different colors. And so it'll probably be trending up as well. Number nine and number 10 are the Yeezy Slides and the Yeezy Foam Runner. The, these were previously at number three and four. And they just bumped down because, you know, between November and now, not really the greatest time to wear slides and foam runners with the weather, but they will probably be jumping back up to the top five in the summer. Number eight is the Air Max One. And this was previously also not on the charts. And that's mostly because of Air Max Month with the concepts and... Uh, Wabi Sabi and Air Max Day shoes and upcoming is this Treeline, you know, 421. Not sure what else, so it's most likely going to be trending down, but Air Max 1 will jump on the list and probably fall quickly off. Number 7, the New Balance 990 V3, and this was previously at number 13, so it's up 6 spots. And the main reason is because of the Jound Green shoe, which is a shoe of the year candidate in my opinion. I'm not saying it's the shoe of the year, but it is definitely in the top five, at least for me. Number six, the Jordan 1 Low. Previously, this was also at six. So there was no movement. Lots of nice Jordan 1 Lows have come out. The UNC one, uh, the Bread Toes as well. There's honestly countless other Jordan 1 Lows, and they're still popular. They're still cheap enough resale-wise and easy enough to get, That and they look great. At number five is the Jordan 1 High. And this was also previously at five, so no movement here. Uh, you know, I talked about Jordan sitting with the Brotherhood ones and the Dark Marina and stuff. But uh, one thing I forgot to mention is they've kind of always sat. There's always been a year where a certain Jordan one has sat. The the really nice leather sale Jordan one sat. The Yin Yang one sat. Some of those uh, OG uh, chrome metallic, the, the chrome red one and the chrome uh, navy one. I got those on sale. The exception of when they sat was probably in, you know, the 2020 year with the pandemic and the Jordan documentary. So 
but almost every other year there's been releases where that shoe sits. But it's still, of course, the most important Jordan silhouette, I think, and that's why they do like 70, 80 of them every year. Number four, the Jordan 4. Previously, this was at number two, so it's down two spots. Really, the main Jordan 4 that came out has been the Red Thunder, but really, Lightning and all the ones from last year have not gone away. People are still wearing these ones a lot. And of course, there's a ton more Jordan 4s coming out. The The Military 4 black shoe will be shoe of the summer, I'm pretty sure, and probably also one of the shoes of the year. Let me be the first podcast to say that the Military 4 is the shoe of the summer. I'm going to take credit for that. And anyone else who says that has stolen it from me. Number three is the New Balance 550. Previously, this was at number eight, so it's up five spots. This is just a shoe that's everywhere. It, you know, it's kind of the hipper replacement of the white Air Force One. For women, the base sizes, those still resell because, of course, New Balance doesn't make enough and stores stick to buying size 8 to 12. Number two is the Air Force One Low. I had it previously at seven. I was probably disrespectful to it at the time. So it's up six spots. They're still everywhere. The You know, the wide leg denim pants and cooked Air Force Ones. You can't escape it, and summer's coming up. And number one, as you probably guessed it, which was still previously number one, the champ, is the Nike Dunk Low. You know, the main drops we had were the the multiple union drops. But of course, the biggest one is the Panda, which had multiple drops, restock after restock. They've probably released hundreds of thousands of them, and this $100 shoe still resells for 270 or 280 in size 12 so there's no escaping it and i'm pretty sure there's gonna be more restocks coming and all the way to the end of the year this has been episode 30 of the sock jig sneaker podcast thank you so much for listening and again support your local jig and buy the socks that are available right now at shop.sockjig.com password is the plan all one word no spaces and i'll see you next time but in the meantime Go fuck yourself.